Hey, I'm Veronica Dagger, and this is the Wall Street Journal Secrets of Wealthy Women, where women share how they tackle career, money, and the world. The coronavirus has forced many businesses to ramp down, shift gears, or even temporarily close their doors. Millions of people have lost their jobs. Restaurants have especially been hard hit, and their owners are having to make a lot of hard decisions about their businesses and their employees. No one knows that better than Don LaFrida. Don owns 90 Denny's franchises in seven states, but she also understands what it's like to work in the service industry. She started out as a restaurant hostess herself, and she's been through tough times before, keeping her business alive after 9-11. Now she's having to manage another crisis, and she joins us today to talk about how she's doing it. Dawn, we're so happy to have you with us. Hello, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Well, I've had the hardest three weeks of my life, but I'm surviving. The whole country's in survival mode, I think. I'm not alone, at least. So true. But can you walk us through what the past few weeks have been like for you? Sure. Uh, It started, I was uh, in Park City with my kids on a ski trip. And as soon as I landed, the next morning, my phone started to ring. And it was mild calls. It was, you know, this city's thinking that maybe they need to shut down. It's too soon to tell. They think restaurants are going to be okay. As the week progressed, the calls escalated. And by Friday, I was just on the phone nonstop. By the time I got to my office Monday morning, I had all of Illinois shut down on civil authority. I, that afternoon, went to meet with the mayor of San Antonio, where I happened to have a lot of uh, restaurants, and I met with some folks from the Restaurant Association as a plea to talk about how to keep restaurants open, because we, for years, have been practicing safety and sanitation, because we deal with health departments, we deal with the public, and so we're very good at making sure we disinfect, that we, you know, keep our hands clean, that we keep tables and chairs scrubbed down. And so we met with the mayor. He took everything into consideration. And by six o'clock that evening, I believe, he had decided we were closing the next day. By, I believe, Thursday or Friday, every restaurant in every state had closures. So it was kind of a domino effect. We started in Illinois and it just went right down the line. And what's interesting about this is you've got governors making one set of rules, you've got mayors making another set of rules, and you've got different guidelines of when you're allowed to reopen for each individual market. Is that stressful and confusing dealing with the different instructions from different people? What's been really hard is that In some cases, you have three hours to close a restaurant, shut it down. I mean, it's not like we got a lot of of advance warning. In In some restaurants we did, and in others we had three hours. What's very difficult in this situation is I have 3,500 employees. And what do you do? How do you prepare for something like this? I've been through crises before. You know, I've had tornadoes hit my restaurants. I've had the financial crisis in 2008. I've had fires. We had 9-11. But never have I had every single restaurant in my portfolio shut down. And it is a huge strain on my entire team. So we've got the managers of the restaurant trying to hold it together. Nobody knows 
when we're going to reopen. It's everything changes by the hour. It, it is that's what the hard part is. So there's no peace of mind knowing that okay, on Easter we're reopening. You don't even know how to budget. So every day we make a decision. What are we going to do in this store? Are we going to continue to do takeout? Are we better off to shut it completely down? We meet with uh, Denny's corporate two to three times a week. We have calls in every area discussing what the strategies are in various markets. Uh, we talk to all of our lenders, our insurance people. And so a lot of my fellow franchisees have been denied claims already. I haven't gotten a denial yet. I plan to fight it because I'm maintaining I don't have a virus in my restaurants. I'm closed for civil authority reasons. I'm not closed because somebody in my restaurant has a virus. I don't know of anyone in my company who's tested positive. So, you know, it's going to be a big fight and a battle. And we just got the major $2 trillion stimulus bill. But I will tell you, when you do the math with the length of time we're closed, it's it's still going to be very challenging times ahead. So a lot of my employees, they're not going to see their first relief for probably close to 30 days. And mind you, in some restaurants, we've been closed in Illinois, I believe, since March uh, 16th. Two full weeks already. I'm trying to keep people as long as I can, but I have to cut hours. There's no business. I I wouldn't be able to make payroll if we left everything opened as is. Payroll well exceeds what the daily sales are. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what has happened in the last two and a half weeks in our country. Oh, I'm sure. It sounds like a lot's going on. Can you take us a little bit through the emotions of making the decision of shutting down stores temporarily? Like, what does that feel like as a business owner? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's so heartbreaking. And, and it's heartbreaking on a couple of different levels. First off, you work your whole life to build something. And you know if you work hard and you give it your all, there's a good chance you're going to succeed. What you can't prepare for is the unforeseen, which this was. But the flip side of this is I have a lot of people dependent on, on paychecks from me. And does one set of employees not get any pay? I mean, that's the really hard part. So we look at certain stores and we go, okay, this restaurant did $130 in sales for the entire day. The cost of the food, the labor, the electric, the property tax, the rent well exceeds that. So what we have had to do is each day we look at should we furlough certain employees from certain stores. And we've pretty much by now have furloughed 80% of our team in hopes to bring them back the minute we're allowed to open the doors. So just to give you an idea, my payroll for two weeks for my company is about a million and a half. Well, when you only do 300,000 in sales because you're closed or whatever the number is, I mean, it's a no-win formula. So if I furlough people, they can at least collect unemployment to get them through this rough patch. And then as soon as I'm given the green light to move forward, I can rehire them and, and secure their future again, which is my hope. So of your 90 restaurants, about how many of them are open for takeout? 
Uh, we've only got about six of them not doing takeout right now. The others are all on very limited hours. We're, we're down anywhere from 85 to 90% per location, even with doing takeout and delivery. And, you know, the other situation that you have is I'm in a lot of rural areas that don't do delivery or there's not enough Uber drivers or, you know, there's a lot of different criteria that has to be met in each city. Everything is changed. It it has been the most devastating thing I've ever encountered in my life. And I thought 9-11 was bad. You know, I, I, I say this with a very heavy heart. I mean, 9-11 was tragic on so many levels. And we felt the pain throughout my entire company. It, um, it set me back seven years and sales instantly dropped 30%. This crisis that we're in now makes 9-11 feel like nursery school. So while 9-11 was tragic and caused a strain on sales and travel, your businesses were still open, your people could still work, you could still give a paycheck. We have no control in this situation with COVID-19. We are mandated by the government to be shut down. So there is nothing I can say, okay, I'm going to put on my big girl pants, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to save my company. I can't open the doors. Dawn, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd love to talk with you about how you became one of the largest Denny's franchisees in the country and how that prepared you for leading your business through these difficult times. Join the Wall Street Journal at the Future of Everything Festival on May 21st to 23rd in New York City, where diverse global newsmakers share unique perspectives on navigating a changing world. Immerse yourself in live performances, explore pioneering technologies, and indulge in the city's inventive culinary scene. As a podcast listener, enjoy 20% off current ticket rates with code PODCAST. Visit wsj.com slash f-o-e-f podcast to secure your spot. Dawn, it must be really hard to make all these decisions, especially if you have to lay people off and you know there's no other job for them to go to at this time. And you know what it's like being dependent on a waitressing salary. Your mom was a waitress at Denny's when you were a kid and you started out as a hostess, right? I started out as a hostess. My mom was a waitress most of her life and Denny's gave her an opportunity to be a manager. And uh, it really changed our lives. Denny's changed all our lives. She became a salaried employee. They provided a car. There were benefits my family had never seen before as a result of my mom getting a job at Denny's. So when I turned 16, um, I didn't have a car or anybody who could buy me a car. So I got a job at Taco Bell where I could walk till I saved enough money to buy a car to which I could drive to Denny's where I got a hostess job. And when I saw all the money that the servers were making, I said, well, why am I a hostess? 
And the manager said, well, I I can't have you not be a hostess. You're the best hostess we've ever had. I can't lose you. And I begged and I pleaded and I talked him into letting me take whatever shift I was able to be given as a waitress. And I then became the best waitress he ever had. And he, he forgot about me ever being a hostess because I could work a whole dining room. And I, as a young, a young woman, I made a lot of money in tips. Don, so when you were in your early 20s, you and a business partner bought your first restaurant. How did you get the courage and money to do that? Well, I think when you grow up poor, you really know that if you want some kind of opportunity, you're going to have to take a risk. And that's really what we did. We took a risk. And yes, it took courage. But what did I really have to lose? Uh, Nothing. It was all an opportunity to get to live the American dream. And so we took out every bit of money we could on credit cards, uh, money that I'd saved from my tips and a couple very small loans from family members. And we we took the, the jump off the cliff. That's great. You eventually bought four Denny's restaurants in Texas on credit cards, which is really risky. By the time we bought the four in West Texas, we had paid off some of those credit cards and managed to make a little money on that first restaurant. So we were able to go into West Texas with a little bit of cash in the deal. And the good part about it was, (laughs) I guess you can call it good, oil had just gone bust in West Texas. And Denny's realized that they needed local supervision to run the stores. They needed some TLC. So they made us a really good deal on four stores that needed a whole lot of love and attention. Because it was really like the Beverly Hillbillies. One day you're driving Rolls Royces and wearing fur coats. And the next it's a ghost town. Everybody lost everything. It was that quick. And so we were able to get in uh, on a very good deal into a very depressed market. So it was a great lesson to have that be my first set of Denny's restaurants because I learned how to survive in a very bad economy. How did you learn how to survive? What what was the biggest lesson from that time? Well, I think that I, I learned that your sales aren't consistent in a market like that. You're going to have good weeks. You're going to have bad weeks. People are going to spend based on how they're paid. Uh, the price of oil per, per barrel made an impact on how much volume we did. So we learned to live lean, not to overspend. We just did the necessities. We all worked in the restaurants and and didn't, didn't have high overhead to get through those lean times. And so when you start out that way, you learn that that could happen anytime with any restaurant or business that you own. So as I grew, I always kind of had that in the back of my mind. You know, a disaster can occur, a rainy day can happen, and I need to be prepared. You know, like many people in business, you've got bills and rent and utilities and other uh, bills to pay. And many franchisees have their net worth tied up in their stores. As a result, they often don't have a lot of liquid cash lying around. And similar to after 9-11, there's some parallels, I would imagine. So I'm just wondering, how did you adjust your strategy after 9-11? And how are things looking now in terms of cash flow? Well, after 9-11... I made sure I always um, kept a certain amount of money just for a catastrophe. Well, 9-11 is, while it was a horrific event 
in our country, it is so small in the scheme of what's happening today with the coronavirus. With 9-11, we were all still open. We, we could strategize on how we were going to drive traffic to our stores or how we were going to survive the 30% downturn, but we were open. We didn't have our entire fleet of stores shut down. Yes, we suffered tremendous sales downturns, but there was an end in sight. With this, we're closed down. There's no end in sight. And money only lasts for so long. And while I had money saved, uh, you can go through it pretty darn quick in a catastrophe of this size and magnitude. And the insurance companies don't have any answers for us yet. So it's not like we've been able to, to get some relief from them. I mean, everything is really... It's moving fast. It's changing hourly. Nobody's been in this situation before, so we're all trying to navigate it and learn it together and make the best decisions for the country, for our businesses, for our families, for our employees. It's, it is the most difficult time I've ever had in my 35 years as a franchisee. It's so hard. How did your lenders react and the landlords that you deal with? I mean, were people accommodating or did you have to push and negotiate a little bit? Well, sure. We we negotiated, we pushed, but there were some that were surprisingly wonderful. They've all worked with us, uh, different landlords to different levels, but everybody has been sympathetic and understanding and they're all experiencing the grief of it also. So if I'm a tenant and I can't pay my rent, then they can't pay their their mortgage on that building. So it's a tricky situation for everyone. The minute this happened, because I'd been through catastrophes before, I I called my lenders and I called my landlords. I didn't want them to be surprised or expect a check that I knew I couldn't send. And so they were all accommodating. The, the lenders uh, were also accommodating. However, when I made my call back on, you know, March 20th, March 21st, we were going to be opening by March 31st. Well, then it was April 9th, and then it was Easter, and now it's April 30th at best, and not even sure about that. So, you know, I may have to go back to them for more relief. Because as as we're we're not open, I mean we're doing limited takeout, but we're also not making a profit, and you need the profit to pay your overhead and your insurance, and it is a really difficult time, and I feel for anybody who's got a business because it doesn't just affect the restaurants and the hospitality and the airlines; it's affecting my window washers, my gardeners my hood cleaners, everybody who interacts in a restaurant, everybody that depends on money for providing a service. Those services are being canceled because we have no business. We don't need the service. So yes, I'm experiencing pain on a big level, but everybody's experiencing pain on some level, unless maybe you're a grocery store. So true. A lot of people are really hurting right now. Denny's has a corporate office. So how are they supporting franchisees? They've been amazing. We're on calls with them. I'm on calls twice weekly with the president of the company, the CEO, the whole 
upper management team. And then they have their field people conducting calls in the various markets. So Illinois is on a call on a regular basis. Texas is on a call. They're they're reaching out to their franchisees. They're sharing best practices. They're letting us know things they're doing to try and help us sustain our business in these lean times. Things like maybe trying to offer some grocery delivery, um, doing some social media, trying to put together some family boxed meals, thinking out of the box to generate a little bit of revenue. It's nowhere close to what we can get when customers are allowed to come in. We're looking at um, practices to keep our employees and our our guests safe. Things like, you know, masks and gloves and plexiglass screens when you cash out. Uh, We're taking things out to the car. We're doing as much as we possibly can to ensure the safety of everyone. And yet still trying to provide meals for families and, and people who are hungry and need to eat and are tired of cooking or don't have the time to cook or, in my case, don't know how to cook. <laughs> but I figure I own 90 restaurants. I can just go to Denny's. I don't need to cook. <laughs> exactly. Why cook? Um, you mentioned the recent federal stimulus bill. How has that helped you or how might that help you? Well, it hasn't helped yet. I guess they don't know yet how long it will take till we get our funding, probably around 30 days. So that's a long time to hang on with no business when you've already been shut down. It will provide relief. If I get it, I think it can help me stay afloat for two months. Wow. This is such a stressful time to manage people, especially in so many different locations under really stressful conditions. Wondering what your management strategy is. We do have meetings at least two to three times a week with my entire team. We go down and we look at every restaurant and what options we have for that market and that restaurant and those people. And what is the best way we can survive as a whole for the good of everyone? So it started out where we closed a couple restaurants altogether because it didn't make sense and we could combine the people and put them into a restaurant where maybe they would do a little better to-go business. That was strategy week one. Strategy week two was, okay, we are going to do all the to-go and take out, and Denny's is going to do a media blitz, and we're going to try and sell some groceries, and we're going to try and build business however we can. Last week was a really hard decision. I had to ask every salaried employee to take a pay cut for two pay periods, a 25% pay cut. Now, I'm hoping... Uh, you know, I didn't want to lay off more people. I didn't want to take away salaries. If everybody contributed 25% for just two paychecks, we did the math and we said, okay, we can make it till we get the stimulus. Uh, if they, and that was when we thought we were opening at Easter. The good news is um, for the people who I did cut the paycheck for, their difference will be made up by the help they get from the government. It's not a happy place to be. It's nothing I would ever want to do. But I said, okay, I can either terminate a bunch of people or I can let everybody take a little bit of a cut in hopes of saving everyone. And I don't sit and make the decision by myself. I sit down with the leaders in my company and we talk about, you know, what can we do? What's what's the best practice during this week. You seem to be keeping a cool head through all of this uncertainty. I'm just wondering, how are you doing that? And what's your advice for other business owners who are 
also in a tough position? Well, these are difficult times, and there's some comfort in knowing we're all in this together. So none of this was our fault. We couldn't predict it. I have to have faith in our government system that they're going to help us through it. We're all going to be here tomorrow. And if we could just keep our cool and think straight, we're going to get through it a lot easier. I'm not going to say I haven't had a good cry every now and then, and not so much about survival, but about the magnitude of this. And it, is, it isn't just America, it's worldwide. And the uncertainty of knowing when it's going to be over is what is the hardest part. If somebody said to me, this is over in a week, Dawn, I would be so relieved. It's, it's the not knowing. It's like when you go to the doctor and they tell you they see something, but they're not going to have an answer until they do a test result. And you spend the whole weekend wondering, oh, I wonder if it's okay. Well, we're wondering every day, is it going to be okay? Is it terminal? And I have to have faith. And I do have faith. And I think there's things we have to rely on our family. We have to rely on our friends. And we have to put our best foot forward and think long about everything. Don't think for the moment. Don't think about the pile of crap we're sitting in now. But think long and think for the future. How do we get out of this and how do we survive so that we have a thriving economy going forward? This is a temporary setback. It's a big one. But we're going to get through it. I mean, our country isn't going to crumble. And, and those are the things I try and stay focused on to keep me strong through this. Thank you so much, Dawn. Thanks, Veronica, for visiting with me. I look forward to coming back when we can talk about post-COVID-19 and how we all survived this terrible thing that happened and how we all came through it in a better place as better people with better businesses, a better country and a better world. We look forward to that, too. Thank you so much, Dawn. Thank you. Whether you have your own business like Dawn or are an employee of someone else's, we know Secrets listeners are concerned about money at this time and have a lot of personal finance questions. So next week, we'll be speaking with financial planner Meredith Moore about the steps you can take to shore up your finances, and we will be answering your questions. Our hotline is open, so you can call and leave us a voicemail with your money questions or send us a text. Our number is 314-200-5947. I'm Veronica Dagger. Hang in there, Secrets listeners. We'll get through this together. Thanks for listening.